Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's guest is Zora Mulligan, and Zora is the Commissioner of Higher Education. That's her official title, but in reality, she leads the Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development. Zora, thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Well, let me ask you how you got to be the Commissioner of Higher Education <laughs> and how you got to be the leader of that and workforce? That's a really, really good question, and it's a long story like most people's. I am actually an attorney by trade, and so I worked for the Attorney General's Office here in Jeff City for about five years after I graduated from law school. But I've always had an interest in higher education and actually a master's degree in education. And so when a job opened up at the department that I now lead, I applied for it with a lot of enthusiasm. And over the years, just kind of grew in terms of my commitment to advocating for higher education and thinking about it more broadly in terms of how it relates to workforce development. So years later and many jobs ago, here I am. Sounds like kind of a leap from the attorney general's office to higher ed. How did that happen? Uh, That's a really good question. You know, they were looking for someone who could work with legislators. At the time, I was hired to be the legislative liaison. And although I knew nothing at all about state politics or higher education politics, they recognized that I was a person who can absorb information and convey it and build relationships. And so really took a risk on me as a young professional. Wow. And how long have you been uh, the director now? So I have been in my current role for almost four years. I began this job in August of 2016. And uh, each of those years has been very, very different and kind of a new adventure each year along the way. A lot of changes since 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of those changes was the passage of the fast track legislation that sort of fell in your lap. So how (laughs) has that all been uh, going forward? Yeah. So it's been it's been a really, really interesting journey. So kind of year two of my time in this job, we partnered really closely with the Department of Economic Development and other um, partners throughout state government and in the private sector to develop a set of proposals to address some of the workforce needs that employers are talking about around the state and to provide the opportunities that we hear when we talk with citizens and communities. One of those was the Fast Track Workforce Incentive Grant, which is, in my view, one of the best in the nation scholarship programs that's aimed to adults. It allows an adult to get a certificate certificate in a short-term program, an associate degree, or to complete a bachelor's degree if they're one of those people out there who has some college but no degree. They're all linked to high-demand occupations, which sounds technical, but what it means is if you're in one of these programs, you have a really good chance of getting a job and getting a job that pays better than average. So it's a great opportunity for adults 20 and up to get out there and get an education. Now, if I know somebody, or if I am somebody who could take advantage of this, or I know somebody, what's the process? How do I go about finding out about this? Yeah, so the best thing to do is go to your local community college or public university. After July 1st, it's likely that private institutions will also be able to provide these scholarships. And so reach out to that local college or university, and they'll be able to to provide information. If you're just still kind of more in the exploring phase, you can also look at our website, which is 
mofasttrack.com, so mofasttrack.com, and it provides an overview of what the requirements are in terms of who can get the award, as well as the specific programs that are listed at each institution. So like I said, community college, local area vocational technical school, public university, and after July 1st, private uh, university as well. What is the amount of the scholarship? How is that determined? It is determined based on the cost of the program. One of the things that's remarkable about Fast Track is its generosity. So it's a full tuition award. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good thing, yeah. Federal aid pays first, so if you get a Pell Grant, you don't get the Pell Grant plus the Fast Track, but the, the general idea is that you should be able to complete one of these programs at no cost. That's tremendous. Now, how does a program get qualified for this? Does your department determine that or how does that work? So every year we take a look at data about what jobs are in high demand, you know, where are the most job openings and what kind of wages do they pay? We also get feedback on that list from legislators and educators and community members, business leaders. And so it's been really interesting to kind of learn what the needs out there are and to align reality with people's perception of reality. There are some times where people say, we really, really need X, Y, or Z. But you look at the data and there are not a lot of openings or you look at the wage data and it's really not that much better than what you could do with a high school diploma. And for those reasons, sometimes we don't include the programs, but we've made some good additions this year. One of the pieces of feedback we got was that we needed to look more closely at first responder kind of programs. So law enforcement, EMT, paramedic, those kinds of things. And so those are new, newly included for this upcoming academic year. That's a great program. How has the participation been to date? Yeah, we've worked really, really hard in the first year of the program to get the word out. And to tell you the truth, it's been kind of slow. It takes adults a while to figure out if they can swing it, you know, if it makes sense for them and their families with all their commitments to enroll. So it's been not a super fast uptake in the first year, but we're looking forward to being able to serve more people in the upcoming year. I would think that with the current disruption in the workforce, this is a prime time to be getting the word out about this and a prime time for folks to take advantage of a free education or free opportunity to change careers. Yeah, absolutely. So Fast Track is one of the core pillars of a a campaign that we're calling Return Strong, which is a campaign where we're reaching out to people who are unemployed or who are maybe underemployed and helping them understand that now is an especially fantastic time to invest in education. The state has tons of resources available to support those goals. So we'll be uh, out on social media, in other media spaces, talking with people about these opportunities because there really are a ton of opportunities out there. So Fast Track is just one piece of this Return Strong initiative. Correct. There are there have always been um, job training funds available through your local job centers that we work with very, very closely. And so the idea is each individual is going to meet eligibility requirements for different programs, which is confusing, but we're trying to make it a little bit less so. So you don't have to know, like, I think Fast Track is for me, or I think the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act is the program for me. As a citizen, all you should need to know is I'm ready to make the commitment to go back to school and I you know, have a good idea what I might want to study, and for us to do the work on the back end to, to break down some of those silos. Now, there was a restructuring of the workforce department within the state of Missouri in the last, what, 18 months or so. When, when did that all happen, or sure. what is that all about? Sure. So another of the proposals that came out of the work that we did with DED through Talent for Tomorrow and Best in Midwest was really looking at whether state government was organized appropriately around its, its priorities, 
And one of the, the conclusions, there were a couple of conclusions in terms of organization. One was that our Department of Economic Development was kind of too big and had way too many purposes. And so uh, DED has really slimmed down in the last year. One of the major changes that accompanied that was moving the Division of Workforce Development to the Department of Higher Education, which now is also uh, higher and workforce development. And the idea here is that there would be one department that really has insight into all of the different opportunities that are available to adults after they graduate from high school. So, you know, whether you're an 18-year-old using the A-plus program to go to community college for free, or you're a 20 or 25-year-old who might be able to participate in Fast Track, this is a great opportunity to kind of bring all those pieces together, communicate more holistically with people about the opportunities available, and think about putting the resources together in a way that makes sense. When that all came together, the unemployment rate was at 3.5%. Things have changed. Now the unemployment rate is double digits in a lot of areas. How has that impacted your whole role there? (laughs) That's a really good question. Our, you know, like everyone else, our lives have turned upside down in the last three months. We partner with our Department of Labor and Industrial Relations to help people get enrolled in unemployment insurance. So, you know, as numbers and numbers of people were needing to access that system, we were able to relieve some of the pressure and do some of that enrollment. So that was a huge service. And I'm really, really proud of the way our team transitioned to doing that. At the same time, they were transitioning to working remotely with no real system to do that. So it was a phenomenal success. We have now transitioned to thinking about return strong. So, you know, the first line of defense really is get your unemployment insurance benefits. The next thing that's going to be important is returning. So getting those people returning to work either to those existing jobs that they may have been laid off from temporarily or to a new job because they've been able to access training during the time that they were out. That's put a lot of stress on your team internally, I'm sure. It's been an adventure. I mean, the the team that I currently lead in the last year and two weeks has experienced a tornado hitting their building, a very, very (laughs) rapid over the weekend move to a new building location. The rest of the team also, you know, relocated as part of this, and that takes a lot of effort. We are part of a brand new Department of State Government, which very few people can say. We've implemented Fast Track, you know, we've now experienced the COVID crisis. So we are stronger as a team, and that's that's been an explicit goal for us, is to emerge from this crisis stronger and more cohesive as a team than we, we were going into it. And although not every day is perfect, we've learned a lot about ourselves and each other and, and have really grown through this experience. Now, as you move forward with this Build Stronger initiative, what are sort of the initiatives you have ahead in the next 6 to 12 months? Sure. So we are... Number one, we're partnering with departments across state government to really focus on making sure that citizens emerge from this um, crisis more economically resilient than than they were going into. What are are those other departments that you're... Sure. So Department of Social Services is a big one, Dolar, Mental Health, uh, Health and Senior Services, Department of Revenue. The state treasurer's office is a partner, so it's it's a list too long to include everyone, and I apologize that it's not a comprehensive one, but it's a phenomenal group of public servants who are really thinking creatively. You know, one example is the Department of Public Safety. When they raised their hand to join this group, I was like, why? I don't understand. But now that they're in it, I see they have a tremendous role in this recovery, and it's been really, really fun to watch. So you get all those people together, then what? 
<laughs> we put our plans together and see where the gaps are and where the overlaps are. Uh, you know, looking at data um, about everything from food insecurity to housing to job training, we're able to see, you know, like I said, where are the gaps? What are the new needs that have been created by the crisis that we're currently kind of emerging from? And what can we do as state government to address them? We're also kind of getting ready to transition to the next stage where we start talking with external partners about their potential role in accomplishing the goal that we've set for ourselves. So it's been really one of the best experiences I've had in state government. And those external partners are the business community? The business community will be engaged, and we're trying to figure out the right way to do it. There are other groups meeting around different goals. It sounds kind of complicated, but DED is leading a lot of work that's going to connect very, very closely with the business community. Department of Natural Resources is also leading a group that's working on infrastructure, and so they'll also be connecting with the business community. So the answer is yes, and we're excited. You mentioned first responders. I would think that in today's environment, the need for those folks is more critical than ever. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, we we need every level of health professional. We need every level of legal professional. And so, you know, whether you're pursuing your degree to become a a medical doctor or you want to kind of get in by being an EMT, there is high demand for all of those jobs. And it's going to be critical to our recovery, both on the economic front and on the health front. And those all fall within the fast track. So if there's no financial barrier for me to pursue that. That's correct. You, you cannot become a medical doctor using Fast Track, but you can certainly become an EMT. Well, that, that's a wonderful program, and it sounds like something that really a lot more folks could take a lot better advantage of. Yeah. I think I would just add, I, what I want people to know most is that we're thinking about what education means after high school very broadly. And so a lot of people hear scholarship and they think, well, I don't think I want to go to college. Fast Track covers a lot of programs, including some that are probably of interest to your group. And so a lot in the construction and building trades are included. Lots and lots of things that maybe you might not think of if you think about college narrowly. So building maintenance worker, HVAC. There are lots of degrees, whether it's a degree or certificate, that you can earn at no additional cost to yourself by this investment that the state of Missouri is making in you. So again, if I want to learn about this, where do I go? Go to mofasttrack.com. Pretty easy. It's pretty and, easy. And when I go there, I'm going to have all the information about all these different programs and whatever I need to do to rebuild my life. Yep. I think the most important resource on that page is, one, there's a lot of information, but two, at the very bottom of the page, there's a fast track comment form. And you can use that to reach out to our department and someone will call you back and answer your questions and really talk you through the process and the requirements. We've got one staff person who's dedicated to this, so you won't have the experience where one person tells you one thing and another says another. So that comment form is a really useful tool for just you know, all you have to type is help and we'll call you. And I don't need to come to Jefferson City to take advantage of this. (laughs) It's available across the state. It's available across the state. That's exactly right. There are colleges, universities, and uh, Votech schools across the state where you can use this grant to uh, improve your future. Well, Zora, you certainly have uh, had some surprises in the last 18 months. And it certainly sounds like you've responded wonderfully. And I, I think as far as the state of Missouri goes, looks like we're on the right track to rebuild. I think so. I have the good fortune of working with a phenomenal team, both within my department and across state government. Thank you. Anything we can do to help, let us know. I absolutely will. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. 
We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.